Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we are committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply them. Let's dive right into the word. Glory be to God. I want to welcome you to another powerful time in God's word as I'll be teaching on the subject, four things to do with prophecy now this is a sequel on our series on you know the charge for 2023 but specifically in this teaching i'm going to be teaching on four things to do with prophecy of course there's going to be a bias to the prophetic word but also this teaching is applicable um as it pertains to any prophecy you know you receive probably uh, personally in a place of prayer or study of the word or in a, during a time of consecration or a prophecy that maybe a man of God, um, a servant of the Lord Jesus gives to you or um, just a fellow believer gives you a prophetic word. You know, So this teaching is going to also be applicable to that as well. But like I said, you know, it's going to have a bias as regards the prophetic word that God has given to us in Exodus for the year 2023, which is the year of light. But once again, I want to reiterate that this teaching is not limited to the prophetic word, even though it has a bias to the prophetic word. It's not limited to the prophetic word. It's applicable as it pertains to anything um, that is of divine interpretation or a divine communication of God's will for you for a season, all right, or for a period of your life where you know prophecy is concerned. Four things, four things to do with prophecy. How do you make the most of prophecy how do you make the most of a prophetic word or you know how do you make the most of a series of prophecies that you receive or that you heard somewhere and and i believe this teaching is going to be a blessing to you and i want to encourage you don't just listen to this teaching alone by the time you are done with this teaching do well to share it with somebody all right share it you can just copy the link here on whatever platform you're listening to this teaching right now copy the link and just share it with someone as i believe it's going to be very timely and helpful to somebody somewhere that needs this word right now let's pray father we thank you for this beautiful time that we get to spend in your word thank you for insight that you are granting unto us by your spirit thank you for revelation knowledge thank you because we're able to learn of your ways through your word i ask so god that our hearts are simple enough to receive the entrance of your word and the understanding thereof in the mighty name of jesus that we would be doers of this word and not just hearers only in jesus name i pray amen and amen all right so let's dive right into the subject of our discourse today four things to do with prophecy all right how do you make the most of prophecy could it be you know like i said earlier on a prophecy somebody gave you um probably you know during a time of you waiting personally on the lord um you began to just feel god is saying this to you god is giving you a promise god is giving you something to hold on to from his word or it could be a time of corporate fellowship among believers maybe a pastor a man of god a servant of god just gave a word of knowledge give a prophetic word um, or maybe a friend of yours that's a believer or, or somebody that you know belongs to the faith gives you a prophecy how do you make it count how do you make the most of the prophecy how do you gauge the prophecy all right so four things four things to do with 
prophecy. Glory to God. Now, um, like I said, I'm going to be a bit biased as regards to the prophetic word, but I'm also going to do my best by the help of the Holy Spirit to also speak in general terms uh, because many people are going to get to listen to this particular teaching many years after 2023. And I desire that you'll be able to find applicable the things that I would be teaching even at those times whenever you get to listen to this teaching all right but looking at this topic from a standpoint of the prophetic word that we have for 2023 i want us to look at a very powerful scripture in first timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 first timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 so the prophetic word for exodus in the year 2023 all right is that the year 2023 is the year of light now first timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 the bible says who only speaking of god it says who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting amen let me read that verse again first timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 the bible speaks of god the king of kings if you read from verse 15 it talks about the king of kings the blessed and only potentate the lord of lords now the bible now says in verse 16 of first timothy 6 that god only hath immortality he dwells in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting this is so powerful the bible is trying to make us understand that god dwells in light god's environment is light god dwells in light now another beautiful thing to see in this scripture is that the bible says that no man can approach unto god no man can approach unto god now you must understand what the bible is trying to say here the bible is not saying to us here that god does not will for us to approach him rather what he's telling us is that no man by himself can approach god remember jesus was saying that everyone that comes unto me all right it is the father that draws them unto me they don't come to me on their own accord the father draws them unto me so god causes us to approach him no man on his own accord can approach god you must understand this no man on his own accord can approach god 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 all by himself causes us to approach him you must understand this because he dwells in unapproachable light god dwells in unapproachable light and for us to be able to approach him he has to make in us the capacity and he has to make the necessary requirement for us to be able to approach him this is so powerful glory to god now let's look at ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18 to understand this better ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18 so god dwells in light no man on his own accord can approach him in his light do you see ephesians 2 and verse 18 now says that for through him that is jesus we have access by one spirit unto the father this is so good the bible makes us understand that our access to god is not because of what we can do by our ability our access to god is not because of our strength our access to god is not because of our wisdom we can't approach god by our intellect we can approach god by our strength we can approach god by our reasoning we approach god with this understanding that we have access through the lord jesus by the spirit unto the father you must understand this in fact i tell people that we pray in the name of jesus by the help of the holy spirit to god the father 
Let me say that one more time. We pray in the name of Jesus by the help of the Holy Spirit to God the Father. So we are praying to God the Father in the name of Jesus by the help of the Holy Spirit. That's the protocol. So we have access to approach God the Father through that which Christ has done. Then the Holy Spirit helps us to maximize that access. This is so powerful. Now, what did Christ do for us? The Bible shows us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So, our ability and our confidence to approach God is based on that which Christ did for us. Not that which we did for ourselves. Our confidence to approach God who dwells in light is based on the confidence that we have in that which the Lord Jesus did for us upon the cross and even in his death, burial, resurrection and ascension. Glory to God. So our confidence to approach God the Father is based on this revelation that there is something the Lord Jesus did for me. I now have access you know, to the Father through Jesus by the help of the Holy Ghost. The Bible shows us Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. He says, we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We must go with this consciousness as we approach God on a daily basis. All right. Whenever we come to the place of prayer, we must come before God with this consciousness that we cannot approach him because we're able to tick all the boxes, because we're able to do every single thing right. No, our confidence to come before God is primarily based on the revelation of that which Christ did. That because of the blood of Jesus, I now have access to God the Father. I now have access to God the Father. We must be more conscious of this. Now, is this an excuse for the believer to live carelessly? Of course not. Because, for example, you see in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talked a lot about moral excellence. That is, if you are saved, we should see it by your fruits. If you are saved, we should see that you are morally excellent. If you are saved, we should see it by how you live. So this is not an excuse for us to live carelessly because maybe now that we know that, okay, our access to God is not based on what we did, but what Jesus did because we have a solid revelation of what Jesus did for us in salvation. That should even prompt us to live better. That should even prompt us to live a life that is in conformity with his will. Glory to God. So God dwells in unapproachable light. We can approach God in his light by our own ability or by our strength. But we approach God based on what Jesus did for us. And we can maximize that access by the help of the Holy Ghost. Now, why is this a very important foundation I had to lay for us? Because when we're talking about the year of light, you must understand that in as much as yes, there will be things that God will require for us to do in partnership with prophecy. Our first confidence that the things that God has said will come to pass is based on that which he did for us in salvation. Our first confidence in that God will do all that he has promised to do this year as we partner with him is based on that which Christ has done. That God promised to send his son, God promised to send the Holy Ghost and God did that. So because we know that God is true to his word, we can see him being true to his word in salvation. We can also have an assurance that God is true to his word even when he gives us a prophetic word. Do you see this now? Let's get into the body of what we're really looking at in this teaching so four things to do with prophecy four things to do with prophecy once again i want to reiterate 
So in as much as this teaching might be a bit biased to prophetic word, it's also applicable generally as it pertains to prophecy, um, a, a specific revelation God gives to you, a divine communication of God's will that you received. And I hope that you really would find the things I would share in this teaching very useful. Now, so what is the goal of prophecy? Let's start from this. So what exactly is the goal? What is the agenda of prophecy? First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. Let's look at what the Bible says to us in that verse. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says, But he that prophesied speaketh unto men. So the first thing we understand is that prophecy is unto man. We don't prophesy to God. Do you see? We pray to God. We don't prophesy to God. You must understand this. We don't prophesy to... You can't say, I'm prophesying to God. No, we don't prophesy to God. Rather, we pray to God. God gives us prophecy. God gives us prophecy through his word. All right. Sometimes the prophecies of God are expressed as promises. In fact, many times he's expressed as promises towards us. Do you see? So we don't prophesy to God. All right. Rather, prophecy is for men. Prophecy is not for God. We pray to God. We don't prophesy to God. Prophecy is for men. That's the first thing I want you to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says, but he that prophesied speaks unto men. So prophecy is unto men and not unto God. All right, do you understand this? So now the Bible says, but he that prophesied speaks unto men. So prophecy is for men. I believe that's established, not for God. Now continue with me on this verse, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. But he that prophesied speaks unto men to edification so what is the goal of prophecy number one edification exhortation that's the next thing the bible says all right to edification and exhortation and comfort we see three things here edification exhortation and comfort do you understand this now let's look at this verse in amplified classic first corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3 in amplified classic all right the bible says but on the other hand the one who prophesies now we have in parenthesis who interprets divine will so another meaning of prophecy is divine will all right or divine purpose that is communicated through inspired preaching and teaching do you see that now now look at this it says the person that prophesies speaks to men so prophecy is unto men i have to retreat this all right prophecy is not unto god we pray to god we don't prophesy to god prophecy is unto men now look at this it says the one who prophesies speaks to men for their upbuilding so edification is like you are building a house that's what it means to raise an edifice it's like you are building a house so prophecy is meant to build you Remember the Bible says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, Paul encouraging the saints was saying that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up. Do you see that now? So that's the same word edification. So prophecy has the ability to build. Prophecy does not necessarily tear down. All right. Prophecy builds up. It builds up. You see, so it says the one that prophesies speaks to men for their upbuilding. Now watch this. The next thing, exhortation. What is exhortation? It says, and, cons- and constructive spiritual progress. So prophecy has an agenda to make you progress in your spiritual devotion. Prophecy has an agenda or has a goal to make you progress constructively in your spiritual devotion all right and then the bible now says and encouragement and consolation 
So prophecy has the ability to bring encouragement. It has the ability to console you. Do you see that now? So there is a threefold agenda of prophecy as we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says, He that prophesies speaks unto men, number one, to edification, and then to exhortation, and then to comfort. Alright, so prophecy has a threefold agenda. We see the first Corinthians 14 and verse 3, edification, you know, the building up of the saints. Alright, exhortation, constructive spiritual progress. Alright, and then comfort, the ability of prophecy to encourage and to console. Glory to God. Do you see that now? So, what are the four things to do with prophecy? Four things to do with prophecy. Now, the things I'm about to share with you are things I learned from a man of God in person of Pastor Diga Hernandez, and I just want to share with you along this line of thoughts and probably just try to expound a bit further on the things he shared. So, four things to do with prophecy. Number one is to weigh it. W-E-I-G-H. Weigh it. Weigh the prophecy. This is so powerful. Weigh the prophecy. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 20. So we're going to do a bit of looking into scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 20 to verse 21. The Bible says, despise not prophesying. Verse 21 says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Let me read that again. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 20 to verse 21. Despise not prophesying. Verse 21 says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Do you see that now? So the Bible is trying to make us understand. Number one, we do not despise prophecy. This is one of the key things we must understand. We don't just despise prophecy. No, we must not despise prophecy. Whether the prophecy is true or not, we must not despise it at first. But the Bible goes on to say that in you not despising prophecy, it means there is something else you must be doing. The Bible says you should prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Alright, so prophecy, edification, exhortation, comfort. Don't forget that. So do not despise prophecy. Rather prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. If we look at this verse in NLT, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 20 to verse 21 in New Living Translation, the Bible says, do not scoff at prophecies. Many of us, when we begin to hear prophecies or probably God is giving us a a word in a personal time of waiting upon him or someone gives us a word from god some of us begin to make jest of prophecy this is not true this can't be god this is not you know and we begin to our initial response to prophecy many times is very wrong because there's a lot of doubting in our hearts and that's understandable because of the nature of man but the bible is correcting us and the bible says don't scoff at prophecy you know when prophecy comes your way don't reject it immediately do you see don't scoff at prophecy but let's look at the next verse of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, that's verse 21. New Living Translation still. The Bible says, But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. So don't despise prophecy. Don't scoff at prophecy. But what should you do? Test what is said. How do you test it? Alright, and I'm going to show you that. Test what is said. Hold on to that which is good. Let's go to another scripture. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 1st John chapter 2 and verse 27 the Bible says but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you but that same anointing teaches you all things 
and his truth and is no lie and even as it had taught you you shall abide in him what the bible is just trying to make us understand is that the anointing of the holy ghost that we all have as believers one of the responsibilities of the anointing of the holy spirit is to teach us is to help us to discern what is true so if you are actually born again if you are genuinely saved when you get a prophetic word when someone speaks a prophecy to you or when the holy spirit gives you a prophecy or a promise from scripture you have the holy ghost in you to be able to vet whether what is being said is the truth are you following this now so we must not despise prophecy we must not scoff at prophecy we must not immediately reject prophecy we must not make jest of prophecy rather the bible says we should test it all right and we have the holy ghost in us to be able to test to be able to know whether what is said is the truth all right whether what is said is good now so how do you weigh prophecy how do you wait remember one of the first point which is to wait all right number one is you have to check does this thing line up with scripture is it consistent with scriptures this prophetic word this prophecy that has come my way whether in a personal time with god or whether in a corporate time of fellowship with other believers or somebody you know gives you a prophecy is this thing consistent is this word consistent with the scriptures is it consistent with god's word because god will never contradict his word god will never contradict his word god is his word john 1 1 the bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god all right the bible tells us in the book of psalms that god exalts his word even above his name so god honors his word god will never contradict his word so when a prophecy comes your way you must weigh it that is this prophecy consistent with the scriptures number two is that is it consistent or does it align with the things that god has told you personally especially when it's a prophecy that somebody gives you for example our prophetic word for the year 2023 the year of light is it consistent with something god has been dealing with you personally does it align with a personal dealing that you've been having with god number three is that does it align with other confirmed words from the lord especially for some of us who are probably accustomed to hearing the voice of god all right does that prophecy line up with certain confirmed words of the lord because remember one of the goals or one of the agendas of prophecy is edification so it's possible that the foundation to that building could have been laid and then the prophecy is coming to add the bricks to the foundation or the prophecy is coming to add the superstructure to the foundation that has been laid already are you following that now so prophecy must build up a prophecy must build up you must understand this so does it line up with other confirmed words from the lord maybe there are certain things that god has been telling you in time past whether you know in a personal time whether personal revelations or something somebody told you that has come to pass you know the the prophetic word that comes to you now does it tally with certain confirmed words from the lord glory to god do you see that now all right so the first thing to do with prophecy is to wait to weigh the prophecy now the second thing to do with prophecy is to wait on it so the first thing is to wait and second thing to do is to wait on it and i'm going to stop at this point right now and continue in the second part of the teaching now i hope the introduction into this teaching has pledged you already now please do well to ponder on the things i've shared and you can just start practicing them right away also feel free to share with someone that you know see you in the part two
of the teaching. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you because you are helping us to understand that which you will for us to do with prophecy. I pray in the name of Jesus that you grant us further understanding on this subject and help us to make the most of your word that is revealed to us per time and per season. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you. 